All of us are victims. Adam dealt us a death blow. And to complicate matters, we're also blameworthy. We are guilty victims. Or you could say victim sinners. It's not a comfortable thought, but it's an accurate one. Everyone practically possesses these two polarizing truths. But I think the more significant issue is not what we have done, but what will we do about it? Where will we place the accent mark? On our victimness or on actually something that we can change, our own culpability? Well, if you're ready to focus on how you can change, I have some terrific news for you. It can happen right now. And so I want to share a few thoughts for the serious-minded person who wants to change their lives. Welcome to the podcast. This is Life Over Coffee, and I am Rick Thomas, and I am always very glad that you are here. Anyone that listens to the podcast, I am just so thankful. If you share the podcast, I'm doubly thankful. And if you write a review for this podcast and give us a nice rating, then I'm triply thankful. And so I trust that many of you will just increase my thankfulness uh, by listening, by sharing, and by writing a review. Now, my intended audience for this podcast is uh, the teenager. In fact, I titled it that way, How a Teen can react when stuck in the cyclic effect of victimhood. Now, that's a a whopper of a title, how a teen can react when stuck in the cyclic effect, the cycle of victimhood. Now, this is an article. It is a short article on our website, and I would encourage you, if you have the time, uh, to read it, and you will find embedded in this article many links that you can use that will help you to do a deeper dive into this tension between being hurt by others, which is really real, and it stings. And in no way whatsoever will I minimize or marginalize what anyone has done to you. I know what it is like in in some very painful and acute ways to be victimized. I get it. I won't rehearse my my bio with you. It is on the website, by the way. Uh, you can go to the footer of our website. You can click on the link that says Meet Rick. And there are five podcasts there, about three hours or two and a half hours of me walking through a complete biographical retelling of my life from birth till uh, the start of this ministry, and you're welcome to listen to that. A lot of people have, but I'm not going to replay that here, but I I do want to say that I, I do understand what it means to be a victim, and I would not minimize anything that anyone has done to you, and even trying to convince you that it, it wasn't real. That's a fool's errand, and I, I won't do that. But I also know that where you place the accent mark is vital, and if you place the accent mark on what others have done to you, then you're going to be as this title suggests, you're going to be stuck in the cyclic effect of victimhood, and that is a cycle that you don't want to be stuck in. And so you can listen to the podcast, you can read this very short article, and you can jump inside these links and 
it will be a good homework assignment for a teenager. Now, obviously, I mean, I can be sneaky like this. I am well aware that the Spirit of God is not contained in such a way that He would only convict or move the hearts of teenagers uh, by hearing this article that this really applies to anyone and and if if there is application to be made to you even though you're not a teenager uh, then let the wind blow where it will uh, talking about John 3 I am let the spirit do what the spirit can do in your heart as well now please know that uh, we are also a dialogue ministry and so if you want to dialogue with us it is easy as pie all you have to do is get on our forums we have two types of forums we have a private forum Forum, which is for the folks who underwrite our ministry financially. We want to give them a smaller community where they can talk. And we thought about, I thought about years ago, probably six or seven years ago, of doing away with the private forums and just making everything a free forum. But I had several folks, several uh, underwriters, uh, supporters of this ministry say, no, I, I want the private forum because I want that smaller community that I can talk in. I want to share, and I realize other people can read uh, what I write, and so I like the private community because that's a hurdle that that uh, keeps the larger crowd out because, as you might imagine, our sporting community is much smaller than uh, the group that shows up on the free side. But we do have a free community forum as well. And for those of you who aren't able or, or don't want to support our ministry, and praise God for you. We want you to come, and we want to dialogue with you, and that's why we have a free community forum for you. Now, just a thought on that. If you want to change your name and use an anonymous name, you're welcome to do that when you fill out your username and password, and and please do that. Uh, you do have to have a username and password because that's a hurdle that we set up to keep spammers out. We are a highly secure website, and I thank God uh, for our supporters who do make that happen because we want to have a secure place for people to come and not have to worry about uh, some of the nonsense that does go on in cyberspace. And so I thank God uh, for our financial partners. But I want you to dialogue with us if it's about this or perhaps you have something else on your mind. We've had several people that have popped on our forums today. Uh, we are a 24-7 shop. Uh, we uh, made that decision in 2008 when this ministry started. We were going to build our big box store in cyberspace and, and make it accessible to anyone so that we can help people with the practical message of Christ. And so I do thank the Lord for what he is, has done and is doing through this ministry. All right, so I want to talk about how a teen can react when stuck in the cyclic effect of victimhood. And I'll go back to, since I'm really talking about teenagers here, I want to go back to when I uh, was a teenager several decades ago. And as I think about that time, I had a long list of reasons of why I was the way that I was. And though I knew, knew that I needed to change, and I think 
all all of us are like that. We intuitively know. We're, we're not so detached from self-awareness that we are unaware that there is a need within us to change. And I knew that about myself, but I was quick to make a strong case about the injustices in my life. Isn't that the trap? It is so easy to slide that accent mark from the things that I can change, the things that I can affect and impact, to slide that accent mark to those who did things uh, to me. But it was smoke and it was a smoke and mirrors routine. And what it did, it had an effect, and it does have an effect. When you focus more on what happened to you, it will soften your responsibility while firmly trapping you into a victim-centered prison, and that's not the place where you want to be. Of course, there was enough truth about my complaints that affirmed why I was more of a victim than an active participant in my mess. And isn't that the way that it always is, that there's just enough truth to blame others while not focusing on the person you can change? In that case, it, it was me. And there is always truth in our complaints. There's always things that that we see that it shouldn't be. It shouldn't have happened that way. They shouldn't have done that to me. And again, as, as I said earlier, I am I'm not minimizing any of that, but I'm trying to recognize in an objective sense that even though those things are true, we do have a responsibility. And if we if we're not careful, uh, we can get in this cyclic trap that I'm talking about here of a victim mindset. And, and once you place the accent mark on more on what others have done to you, you will start talking about that. And as you talk about that, there will be friends that will show up. There will be enough of them that will surround you and affirm your victimness. They will be empathetic in the sense that uh, they don't have the courage to pull you out of the swamp that you're sinking in. Now, in my case, because I was focused more on what happened than what I should be doing, and I had a circle of friends that were affirming my victimness, mercifully, it took a 10 by 10 jail cell to drive a different kind of truth through my thick head. And though it was obscure, Initially, it was not long before I realized that being in jail had a silver lining. And I would encourage you to look for that silver lining, no matter how dark the day is or how troubling your life may be. It's always there. And I'm not saying that you can respond and react to it immediately, but God is always there. And there is a silver lining that God is surveilling, that he is omnipotent and omnipresent. And so he is always with us, God with us, and he is doing things. Sometimes the things that he permits in our lives, the providential care of God, Well, they are painful in the moment, but they are intended to drive you to higher ground. And so there I I sit, sat in that jail cell. I am not sure what you're going through today or who did what to you, but what I do know is that there is a path forward. And I knew that eventually, intuitively, I, I, I knew that. 
uh, as I was sitting in that jail. The difficulty is not to sig is the difficulty that you're in is not the signal to quit, but it is an opportunity to reevaluate the options before you. Sitting in my tight concrete confines, I began to rethink my life decisions, realize where it landed me, and I began to revisit how I could change to reset my trajectory. It was no longer about them and what they did to me, but it was about me and what I could do next. And when I say next, I mean the next second. I was in jail for five days, and so I, I sat there for a long time in my concrete confines. Uh, but I began to, how can I reset my trajectory, and what could I do next? It would be the moment that I, I got out of jail. I was there for five days. The same good Lord who gave us a perfect world has created a plan to provide us with another perfect world. Uh, we know what happened in the first perfect world. Adam chose to sin. The world was plunged into fallenness. Humanity became totally depraved. But rather than blaming the Lord for what happened to you or, or blaming anyone else, you can bless his holy name for his redemptive plan. There is a plan. God has not given up on you. The original intent for humanity can come to you if you want it. The Garden of Eden is gone, and the consequences of the fall remain. But you do not have to stay down. You have choices. If you continue to hold on, to your victim card, you will never experience the love of God the way God wants you to enjoy it. You will experience more alienation from the life you could have with God. It is true. Adam has victimized you. That old world is real. The fall is true. And maybe you have been victimized by other people, friends, parents, siblings, other authorities in your life. And if that is true, then your hurt is real. There is no minimizing this. I am not pretending what happened to you is not valid. It stings deeply. And I would say that it, even as I think about what happened then in my old age, the, the reverberating effect, the repercussions of what happened is still present today. But that's not where I place the accent mark. I think if I settled into it and focused on what happened 50 years ago, I could find myself drowning. I could find myself spiraling. But that's what happens to our thought life when we are focused on the, right, on the wrong things. And so it's not pretending that those things don't exist. That's not the mind fake, the mind game that you want to play. No, you acknowledge them, but you slide the accent mark to a better plan. You slide it to God, and you begin to work. You begin to work in a way that is redemptive, that pulls you out of the slav despond. The problem with a victim mindset is that it does deepen the pain while covering it with case hardening that captures your thoughts in a presuppositional cycle. Now, that was a 
a wordy, that was a wordy sentence. Case hardening is a, it's, it's a, a metal, a shop term, uh, uh, people who turn metal, and, and you put the metal into a furnace, and it hardens it on the ec- on the outside, the external hardening, case hardening, and you want to harden the metal depending on what the application is. I used to work in a machine shop, and, and we would uh, make these big, humongous rotors or screws, and then we would put it in the furnace because we wanted to case harden it so that uh, nothing could dent it, ding it, penetrate it, because uh, they were actually uh, rotors that were made for submarines uh, that pumped uh, pumped oil and other things in submarines, and they needed to be case hardened so that uh, they didn't get dinged and dented so they would not make sounds when the submarine was submerged. But we can be case-hardened. We can have this hard exterior. And so the victim mindset is that it deepens the pain inside of you and then covering it with case-hardening that captures your thoughts in a presuppositional cycle. Your presupposition is the lens through how you view life. It is a pair of glasses that you wear, and depending on the color of the lens, the glasses, that will give you the interpretation of of everything that you see. And so if your lens on your glasses says that you are a victim and you have been case-hardened into that deep pain because of continual and unflinching focus on what others did to you, then it will form a lens, a pair of glasses, and everything that you see will be interpreted through that presuppositional filter. You will interpret actions of other people as always against you. You will become big in your mind as you will see that what everything has done has something to do with you, against you, to hurt you. And you will perpetuate the oppressiveness rather than live out a more a more than conqueror mindset. And that's the perpetuation of this. And so as you that's the cyclic effect that I'm talking about. And so as you look at what someone says or does to you through a presuppositional lens, and so you bring an interpretation to that, and it deepens the pain, and it further case hardens you into that victim mindset, and the cycle continues. But as you begin to change, assuming that you want to change, You must keep reminding yourself about your motives for transformation. Why do you want to change? And this is significant. How you start, uh, how you start will determine how you were, how you're going to end. My motivation for changing as a 15-year-old was because I was tired of being me. I did not want to be me anymore. Regardless of what my abusive dad did, I wanted to be free from my angry prison. I was sick and tired of of being sick and tired. And as an unregenerate kid, that was my primary motivation. And the journey began with that decision. Now, true freedom did not come for 10 years. When God saved me, that's when freedom came. 
that's when I no longer became me, but I became a, another person, a new creation in Christ, a new identity. And if you're sick and tired of, of who you are and you want to be a, another person, you can be a new creation in Christ. Now, if you are already a new creation in Christ, then you need to step into that identity and you need to learn what it means to be Christ-like and how to continue to grow up into Christ-likeness so that you can be free, free from uh, what you're doing to yourself, that cyclic effect of victimness that I was talking about, free from what others uh, say to you, say about you, and what they do to you. But for me, true freedom came as a 25-year-old when God, when someone led me to Christ. And so I don't know where you are or what situation uh, you're in, but if you need to change, then I want you to start changing. Just start changing. You know, it's kind of like going on a diet. I was listening to Yaomi Park. Uh, she's the lady that escaped from North Korea through China back to South Korea and eventually to America. I've gone through her book uh, a few months ago, and I've listened to several interviews by her. And she talks about mal malnutrition and the fact that North Koreans are are shorter than South Koreans, and they're continuing to get shorter because uh, they eat rats and grasshoppers and other things that they can find, and so they stay in a constant state of malnutrition. And she says, I just, I don't understand Americans. <laughs> I don't understand Americans. They talk about overweight, and it's like, uh, I, I don't remember the exact quote. It's like, well, if you're overweight, just stop eating. I mean, just stop putting stuff in your mouth. And for her, obviously, that's not hard uh, to do because she lived most of her life in a malnourished condition where finding food, they lived from meal to meal. I mean, that was their entire purpose of life is to go from food to food, and there was so little of it. But her statement, it just struck me. It's like, if you want to lose weight, how hard is it? Just stop putting stuff in your mouth. And I really love the simplicity of that. And that's what I'm saying here, that if you want to change, start changing. Don't overcomplicate it or overthink it. Just start. Decide to stop whatever it is you're doing or thinking don't put conditions on it like I'm a victim and you don't understand. You're starting to attach conditions to it. Don't say I will change after you and then fill in the blank, whatever that means. Even as an unregenerate kid, I knew better than that. And though I had no clue where this new path would take me or what the results would be, it didn't matter. I had to change. And again, true change came 10 years later. So after I made that decision, the day that I walked out of jail, the true change didn't come for 10 years. And, that, and it's important that you understand that. When Peter got out of the boat to walk on the water, the first thing to happen is he started sinking. And many times it is that way. 
And so after I made that decision in jail, nothing in my external relation relational life did change. My brothers were still mean. My dad was still a drunk. My school teachers continued to judge me because of my well-deserved reputation, and nobody reached out for help. And that is an absolute statement. Having people helping would have been helpful, but their lack of positive responses did not hinder me from changing. I changed because I was tired of being the way that I was. I could not control what others were doing, but I could purpose in my heart to change. Reflecting on how things could have been while hoping for a different outcome in the future will not change you. The title of the article that I've been sharing with you is how a teen can react when stuck in the cyclic effect of victimhood. I want to wrap up this podcast by sharing five tips for you. Here's five things that I want you to do. And again, you can go to this article on our website and you can, if you go to the bottom of it, you'll see a a nice little print button. And if you click on it, you can print it off into a PDF. Of course, you can copy the URL and send it wherever you want to. You send it to yourself or send it to the others for that matter. But here's five things that I, I want you to consider. Number one, be honest. Be honest. Don't play the victim card. Tell the absolute truth about yourself. Don't add any if, and, or, but to the drama in your life. Make it all about you. You are number one, right? Make it all about you, not others. Tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth about you. Be honest about you. Number two, tell a friend. Let someone know how you need to change and why you need to change, and hold them accountable for holding you accountable. Don't let them off the hook. Make them speak into your life. This is a mistake that a lot of people make. They get an accountability partner, and they just expect that that accountability partner is going to hold them accountable. That, that doesn't happen most of the time. The accountability partner goes away. They stop asking. They, they have their own lives. They got stuff going on just like you. Uh, don't be bothered at them because they don't reach out. He didn't shake my hand at church. People actually still talk that way. No, you be on the offensive. You hold them accountable for holding you accountable. You don't let them off the hook. Make them speak into your life. Number one, be honest. Number two, tell a friend. Number three, guard your heart. Watch yourself from yielding to the temptation to fall back into old patterns where you slide that accent mark from your responsibility to your victimness. You want specific things to happen in your life and relationships that makes you normal. Personal change does not mean you'll get the life that you want. When I walked out of jail, nothing changed, as I said. For 10 years, I didn't get what I wanted. Life was still hard. I made a lot of mistakes in that 10-year period. Now, I still make mistakes, but I I made a lot of mistakes between 15 and 25. Uh, It wasn't a dramatic change. It was a slow, grinding process. Guard your 
heart. Number four, express gratitude. Thank God daily because he gave you the desire and the power to change. If you have that desire in your heart, then that is something to express gratitude for. You may not be changing right now. Your circumstances may not be changing. Uh, Your sphere of influence may not be cooperating with you, but you have something that they can't manage, manipulate, or control. You have a desire. Thank God for that desire. And then thank God for that power. That power may not Feel that strong, potent, but you have a desire, and accompanied to that desire is power. It may be running on a double-A battery, but eventually you'll get into a, a more significant power source. For God to care so much about you, to motivate you to change, is a profound reason for daily gratitude. And then number five, export the gospel. Changing is not just for you. God regenerates you. He begins the process of sanctifying you, but he does that for a reason, not for your self-esteem, not to pump yourself up and take more selfies to put on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever else. No, he regenerates and sanctifies to spread his fame to the lives of others. It's not about you. And so as you are changing, be sure to ask the Lord to bring people across your path so you can share the good news with them. Go and make disciples. This is a secret that's not talked about a lot, but one of the most potent ways to change is to pour yourself into others. I don't want to get mystical on you uh, at this point, but it's almost like as God is working through you and pouring himself into others, he is washing and refining you. The title of the podcast is, is How a Teen Can React When Stuck in the Cyclic Effect of Victimhood. Thanks so much for listening. You have been listening to Life Over Coffee with Rick Thomas. If you have a question for Rick, you can let him know by sending him a note through his website, rickthomas.net. That's rickthomas.net. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your coffee.